0: Well folks, how are we? Thanks for tuning in, hope you're doing well. And I don't think I've ever been as giddy or as excited to share an interview before. I've been sitting on this one for a while now, I did it a couple of months ago, and I've just been counting down the weeks, waiting for the moment that I can share this. And here we are, we've finally arrived. So, Foy Vance is a legendary singer-songwriter from Bangor, Northern Ireland. Since his first album in 2007, Foy's music has been known and loved all over the world and alongside selling out his own tours in the last decade he's played along some of the greatest musicians alive including Ed Sheeran, Elton John and Alicia Keys. But in November 2017 something unusual happened. Foy walked off stage after playing the Union Chapel in London without having another gig in the diary. That was the first time that's happened in over 20 years. So during the last two years, Foy has clocked in like a minor, Monday to Friday, into his studio to carve out time and space to create new music. I had the incredible opportunity to catch up with Foy very, very early one morning, just at the very end of this chapter of his life, as he was coming off the boat to play Ward Park back in May. Not only has Foy just announced a new worldwide tour, but also three new albums, Foy Vance, fans everywhere rejoice. The first one is from Muscle Shoals, which just rolled out a few days ago, everywhere that music is available. So in this very raw conversation we had with Foy today, we talk about what it means to wake up, the importance of play when it comes to making music, and why it's essential to stop and listen. This was a once in a lifetime conversation for me, and I'm so chuffed to be able to share it with you all. (laughs) I know for a fact it's literally going to blow you away, because it certainly blew me away. All right, that's it. Here we go. Hi, this is Foy Vance and you're
1: listening to Best of Belfast.
0: Alright guys, what's the crack? My is Matthew Thompson and welcome to Best of Belfast, the podcast that celebrates our wee country, Northern Ireland. Each episode gives you the opportunity to get to know and learn from some of the incredible people who call this place home through our unfiltered conversations. The show is brought to you from our recording studio in Ormo Bass, Barclay Eagle Labs, a co-working space right here in the heart of the city centre. Support for Best of Belfast comes from our producers club, where listeners just like you pledge as little as £1 a month in exchange for exclusive perks, invitations to live podcasts, some Northern Irish swag, and much, much more. Massive, massive thank you to all of you who are part of that, especially our Titanic producers, Town Square Cafe, Gavin Wall, Ali Hart, Young Enterprise Northern Ireland, and of course, the Oma Bass team. We could not do this show without our producers, and thanks to your support, we can keep it running and allowed to stay ad free. So, really appreciate you. To find out more about the great work these guys do and support us on our journey to 100 interviews, please visit bestofbelfast.org. Okay, that's it for me. Time to jump straight into today's conversation with this week's local legend.
1: I wasn't awake at that time. You know what I mean. Uh, it was just something that I that I did on my journey to yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to get to to making music. Yeah, I was sort of like zombie esque at that stage in my life. You know, I, did, I was just kind of going saying yes to everything. Yeah, because that was all a bit of crack. Anything that anything that got me out of the mundanity <laughs> of my
0: own life. You know. Uh, so what, you used the phrase "I wasn't awake yet." That's interesting. What do you mean by that? And when, at what point in your life do you feel like you woke up?
1: The day my dad died, I think.
0: When was that, in terms of how old were
1: you? It was uh, January 30th,
0: 1999. I was 24. 24? Yeah. it's my age. Yeah. Yeah. What changed for you? Because that's obviously a massive My dad died. Just fucking told you. (laughs) (laughs) But what what was it about that that kind of... You know what... uh, it's it's, 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 this is an odd one
1: um because so when i was when i was playing gigs at that stage i used to i still couldn't write i still couldn't i still hadn't found a voice okay i was just uh i was doing cover gigs you know what i mean playing in pubs and and doing cover gigs yeah but once in a while uh I would try and pass off, just make something up on the spot and see if I could pass it off on the audience. It, it worked especially well if it was the kind of audience that wasn't listening. <laughs> and there was a lot of that in the pubs, you know. Um, But it, so I used to make up these songs as, as I was doing my set and see if I could get away with it. And, and at the time it was, uh, like, us say January 99 and I was living in Lanzarote. Oh, in the Canary Islands, uh, I just got married the September before, and we moved to the Canary Islands for a while. And I I lived out there, and I was playing in a pub called the Jellyfish <laughs> upstairs. Unreal. I liked I liked that pub because, um, well, because you could get away with playing like John Martin and Nick Drake and nice. you know, you get away with kind of playing decent music for whatever reason. It kind of, it, it always pulled a, you know, a certain type of people, um, but just not enough of them. Cause it, you know, <laughs> they didn't, they didn't play dance music and all that crap, but I liked it cause you go and and you could make up shit and yeah, see yeah, you get yeah, away. Yeah. You know what I mean? It didn't really matter. Um, the vibe was good there and you know, everyone was up for it. Uh, so, the, so anyway, I was playing that night um, in the jellyfish, and I found this riff when I was just sort of tuning up. Found this riff, and I started jamming on it, and then and then started singing, uh, singing these lyrics about like uh, crying in the night, and you know Jesus is coming like a thief in the night was one of the lyrics as well. I remember. Um, sort of didn't really go anywhere but i remember staying in it for ages and it felt really i I really felt uh emotional Mm. playing it you know what i mean i could feel myself in it 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 felt kind of pregnant with something in a way um and i went home that night and hardly slept i was crying a lot through that night and um, my wife at the time uh, was going like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's up. I just, uh, but that song, that that riff was just circulating in my head. Yeah, um, and I woke up the next morning and realized that I had lost my phone. So went out to the car, uh, went looked all, all over for it. Uh, went out to the car. Thought maybe maybe I left it in the car. It was under the seat, and I pulled it out from the seat, and straight away saw fourteen missed calls. Wow. Thought, what's that? That's weird. So, from my from my mum, and called home, and so it turns out that as I was doing that, that would have been about one in the morning when I was finishing my gig. That I did that. And that's what I closed with. Um, he was he died. Wow. As I was sort of you know working on that song. And, you know, I, I hung up the phone and straight away, the first thing I did was straight out the back and uh, sat and wrote the entire song, mm. uh, four verses, choruses, wrote it all out. Uh, and it, it all just spewed out. Mm. That's the first time that had ever happened. I'd always kind of laboured over over lyrics, you know, and trying to find meaning and stuff. Whereas this was like more like vomiting, yeah, not yeah, not yeah. to be, yeah. not to be, you know, uh, crude about it or whatever, but it, it was, it was like a visceral reaction. It was like, fuck, I need to get this out. <laughs> and that was a turning point. You know what I mean? That was a real turning point for, for me, uh, in so many ways, you know, uh, and it's weird when in the you can never be too quick to judge whether something's a blessing or a curse right you know i yeah. i lost my dad but i i gained an ability to articulate that, you know that loss yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a way and you know i'd fuck i'd give it away for a single r with him mm. uh, uh, of course i would but um yeah it's just all that you know his leaving was the arriving of mm. of being able to write, yeah, you know, and it was and for the first for the first three months it was really quite violent, like all the songs were really kind of close to the bone mm. uh and the the closer to the bone they were the the better it felt mm. you yeah. know, and I don't know there's something in that just kind of shook me up and and uh i mean not that not that I, not that i uh not that I um, understood the craft of songwriting straight away at all. You know, I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm still working on it. You know, it's a, it's a never-ending job, that one. Um, but it kind of it, it, it made me alert. Something about it just made me alert. I was able to kind of uh, hear things without having to try and, Force lyrics anymore or force melodies? They they came. Mm. I found a way of being still enough to listen. I think when something like you know your dad passing is it's it's ground shaking. You know it's uh, Mm. yeah, but that that will wake you up
0: Mm. big time.
1: Yeah, I needed it. Do you know what I mean? I really did. I really did because I was a (laughs) a pretty. (laughs) pretty kind of dosa you know? <laughs> i still am somewhat you know but uh yeah so that's a very long-winded answer i can't even remember what you what you, what the question was
0: no it's a great great place to start good stuff what sort of i got it was like some serious this is a very crude way to say it but like serious material for you to lean from and from you to use and to you know put in through the medium of songwriting mm. what sort of stuff did you start to glean to after that season after kind of maybe the season of i don't know if i no, don't want to put words in your mouth but of rage and of maybe anger and you know loss from there what sort of emotions and themes did you really start to be drawn to do you know what
1: essentially what what all songs are about you know love or the lack there of it that's good right yeah uh in a way you know not to be over reductive but yeah yeah probably that just just Yeah, you know, love and relationships and the usual boring shit, you know what I mean? I Mate, mean, that's the good stuff.
0: <laughs> that's what it's all about. Like, you
1: doing that, what do you have? Uh, you know what? I've, I've just, uh, I'm doing this project at the minute. Uh, well, I've done, I've done it now. It's been, it's re- recorded and they ready. Uh, I've recorded two albums. It was meant to be two EPs. Okay. Um, just while we're waiting, uh, while I'm compiling an, another record, like for the follow-up to Wild Swan thought well uh, you know I should uh release some of these songs that are already sitting there on, on a hard drive, you know so i i had a I made a collection of soul songs. do you know what I realize i I'm stammering here, and I, it's because I'm not telling you the full story. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it concise. <laughs> just go for it then. Yeah, like so we've so got time. Fuck, It's a podcast. Do you know it's Long exactly. form. Work away, exactly. Foy. Do your thing. So I'll just tell you, do it. So I, I, I came off the road on uh, November fourth, twenty seventeen. Right. And Sonny was my son was born in the March of that year, and that that was the that was the tail end of the busiest two years i've ever had and i've been touring for just as long as i can remember 20 years i don't know you know like but that last two were just uh uh, really intense Mm. because it was it was the it was the first it was the first record on on this new label like signing with ed's label and they they you know they put some decent money behind it and stuff and i was like oh you know, I'm gonna have to really service this yeah, record. Yeah, you know yeah go i got mean? to smash it, man. you know what I am mean? <laughs> gonna have to go out and really put the work in here. And uh, so, I, I wanted to. I wanted to do it justice. Um, so I did. I went out and had the busiest two years I've ever had, and it was a good two years. But being on the road takes its toll on anyone, yeah. let alone if you're, you know, uh, in your early forties, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And have you know a teenage kid and a pregnant partner, and yeah. you know, and a, a house to be at. <laughs> sure, <laughs> you know, that's that's just uh, it was tricky. It was really tricky. It was really intense. Um, so I needed to get off the road. I knew that much. Uh, Why was that so busy? Who were you turn with at that time? It was my. It was uh, some support tours uh, with Elton uh mostly my own stuff it's great i you know a few festivals just just turn all over the place you know uh i can't even, you know what i can't even remember. does it all
0: blur that's something i wanted to ask you was like you do so many gigs does it all just kind of become yeah it really does yeah.
1: it really does
0: um but
1: i just i took on every bit of work that was going mm. you know uh for Those two years to try and do justice to you know to this record that we've made, um, but at the end of that two years, I realized I'm never touring like this again. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just, I just can't, it's just not, it's not, it's not good for me, it's not what I want, it's not what I like, it's not, yeah. Um, you know, I love playing live, but uh, not at the expense of you know a family and uh and writing i love writing i yeah. love be, i love being in the studio on my own and sitting there and, and playing mm-hmm. you know like playing like a child i mean letting up you yeah. know just uh farting around until something happens yeah <laughs> it's good um and you can't do that really when you're on the road you're always you're always moving and even when you're not moving it's like getting off a boat you know you're still a bit rocky mm-hmm. you, you, you've, you always feel like you're in transit, even if you're not. Um Which is what happened when I went home. When I stopped touring on, on in November, I played the Union Chapel in London and walked off stage. And that was the first time in, in, like I say, 20 years or whatever, that I didn't have another gig in the diary. Wow.
0: In 20 years? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've always had a, I've always had a gig in the dairy. Always. <laughs> um, So it was a bizarre feeling, but it was really liberating. It was, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to get into the studio and, and get cracking. But when I went into the studio, it didn't happen straight away, <laughs> you know, because the, uh, you know, I I had uh, accumulated all the accoutrements of of tour life, (laughs) you know, and I had a lot of things to kind of clean up from and clear out, and you know, and and clean house a bit, yeah, and get used to normality, not living
0: out of a suitcase,
1: yes, among other things. Do you know what (laughs) I mean? Yeah, that's one of them. Although still doing that, but um, so the point is, I was trying to write for this for the for the next for the follow up album. And it it wasn't it wasn't coming uh, it wasn't coming straight away. So I started putting in practices. Like I thought, you know what? I'm going to go in in the morning. I'm going to go through old songs and I want to categorize them and put put them in
0: and see if there's anything there worth pilfering or rewriting or yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Are these songs that you'd like once penned, but sort of abandoned or left or stuffed in the storage? Or what were these songs?
1: Yeah, just songs I'd written e- yeah.
0: either just for fun or for friends or for
1: someone yeah. or for a film project that never happened or, or you know, or, or just, you know, just for the fuck of it. Yeah, know? sure. Um, And sometimes just for exercises, you know, sometimes before, uh, before getting tucked into, a, a, you know, Producing a song or whatever, I'd sometimes write a song in the morning. Mm. Not always. I don't always do that. It's not yeah, like yeah. a common practice. But yeah. sometimes I would think, you know what? I'll knock a song out just to get uh, in the in in, in the mood. Uh, and a couple of them are are, are that you know, it's literally classy. just sort of you know, as long as it took to play the chords, as as long as it took to write the song. Um. Yeah, some of them were
0: terrible, <laughs> but, but there were are, are a couple there that happened to, happen to, you know, happen upon something. There's a, an open letter on your website at the minute, which I, I really enjoyed. But there's a wee phrase from that that I just is really stuck in my mind. And you described yourself as a minor going in Monday to Friday. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Because I thought that was class, but I just wanted to hear kind of what you meant.
1: You know what? Well, like when you when you're up, when you're on the road, uh, it's all a bit more laissez faire, you know. It's mm. like I I I I literally turn up wherever they tell me to turn up, and then I go to the next place that they've told me to turn up tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's uh and you sleep when you're tired, and you eat when you you're hungry, and yeah. you know. And I tried that life when i when I got home <laughs> but it really didn't work. it really didn't work, you know, uh it just wasn't conducive to anything, hmm. including writing uh and I kind of realized, hang on, i got I'm here because i because I like music why why am I what's all this staying up to four in the morning, and you know I'm getting hammered every night, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you're like every night's a party night like it is on tour you know or it can be um, so yeah just clocking in Monday to Friday Monday to Friday I, I I go in usually around 10ish and usually home around 7, 8 unless I'm you know I don't know if I'm going away or I've got to compile something you know I stay on later or whatever mm. aside from Thursdays and Thursdays Sonny and I go in uh he goes into the studio with me on Thursdays and then Ella comes by. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thursdays are good. I bet. And then and then when they go home, then I stay there on Thursday night, work Thursday night. So that's the only one that's the that's the one night that's not uh not quite uh Monday to Friday like a miner, but Yeah. And also it is like mining, you know, kinda <laughs> like digging. You know? There is there is a there's real uh how do I want to say, why do I don't need to say this um, there's a real purpose in, in method you know just like 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 setting up practices mm. and just doing them methodically it's not even about the practice really yeah uh, it's about what what happens when you do that you know, so what does one of those practices look like? Well, one thing uh, I do is play is really important. Like I sit at the piano and I play piano, but I playfully. Yeah, you know what I mean. I I play like a do. Or, you know, play like a plumber. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like a guy that doesn't know what the piano is. Yeah, yeah. You know, and see what you can find. You know, because yeah. your hands can pull funny shapes, and yeah. you know, and I can make it move quick, and you can get all kinds of sounds and. Um, and I make myself do that sort of improvising Mm. a lot. That's a, that's, that's something, not that I'm great at it in any way, but you don't have to be. That's not the point. Yeah. That's not the point. The point is to, to do it and not think, not be thinking about it, get your thoughts out of the way. Don't have any, uh, preconceived notion of what you're going to do, you know, force yourself to not do that. Mm. Which, in a weird way, is you, no, there's no force in it. It's an odd, <laughs> it's an odd one
0: that, It's kind of just... Yeah, that's one thing I do. Cool. Do you ever feel like you are just going in and hitting your head off a brick wall? Because there's times... No. no, it's interesting. No. Are you a flow guy? It just always seems to sort of flow. Well, if it's not flowing, I don't do it. You just... So, say you walk Move into the studio on. tomorrow and it's not flowing... You know what do you do? Do you just say okay? Do you pack up and go home, or no. what do you do?
1: No, it's never not flowing.
0: Uh, it's never not. Fl- I mean,
1: well, sometimes I'm going in. Sometimes I'm going in with no agenda because mm-hmm. I'm just going in and I'm thinking, okay, I'll 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 be open to writing today. Yeah, you know. So then I'll just I'll play, and if I find something, then I'll then I'll follow that. So there's all, there's, you know, the, the purpose is play. Yeah. And then if I find something, the purpose is record this. Yeah. Uh, and then the purpose is record it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, In a way that's articulate and articulates the song and, and in a way, you know, best suits the song, serve the song. You know what I mean? Always serve the song. So there's always, and if I'm not doing that, then I'm either, you know, uh, making demos of stuff that I'm sending out to musicians. Mm. Like I sent out to, to uh, these musicians in the States for these projects that I still haven't got around to fucking talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a long-winded story. Um,
0: so are you, like, I'm not familiar with the music industry and I don't know any of the terms or anything. Um, like I've heard of people saying, like, a, a jobbing songwriter or something like that. Does that mean that you like people who write songs for other people or is that something that just yeah. picked out of my arse? No, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, a, yeah. A jobbing songwriter. That's a, I suppose that's, yeah, that's a phrase
1: of someone that just works day to day writing for other folks. That's so I
0: think, I mean. have you, have you done that in the past?
1: No, not jobbing. No, uh, no. I mean, I write with other people. Yeah. Yeah. I write with other people, but it's more, uh, it's more kind of just, you know, through, personal introduction you know what i mean i don't go, yeah, to, his, yeah, I don't yeah, go yeah. to a studio and write with other yeah i yeah. sit there and artists come in and i write with them and yeah. the next day someone else you know it's more kind of hey you want to write with so and so um um and then you, yeah, yeah
0: then i go either go to their studio or yeah, they yeah. come to me or whatever so like what does that look like how do you kind of co-write a song with someone
1: do you know what that's a it's a really interesting process that uh because it's it's not something that um, I do for myself mm. ever, and it's not that's not in any way uh, to be in any way snobby. It's just I would infuriate anyone <laughs> that I was writing with because yeah. you know what I mean. Because I'll you know I, I'd be happy to sit and chew on the same the same wee bit of meat <laughs> for a while until it you know until you get the full flavor of it yeah, and yeah, think yeah. okay where is this going to go? And pe- lots of people don't like that. Um yeah, and also I, I I enjoy it. I enjoy the nuances, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the that's the bit that's enjoyable for me. Yeah. It's is those, you know. Yeah, that kind of sort of bit beyond the beyond the composite parts of the music, you know, that mm-hmm. that, that trying to find out. That, that's that's a good bit that I like. So I don't really write for my, with other people for myself. So writing with other folks, it's always it's always for them, which is in a way, freeing. Because then you're there to, you know, employ your sensibilities or a bit of craft or whatever, but just listen and and see, you know, what, what's their vernacular. What, what, uh, yeah. I I like it. I like it. I like working with with artists. I've I've only written a couple of times with, uh, where I've been in a room with writers just a couple of writers that's only happened uh, mm. uh once i think actually
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go full stop <laughs>
1: yeah uh, but but it's that's again this you know it's just because if there's no voice in the room if there's no if there's no one to hang this on it's hard it's hard to know it's hard to know where to go with it yeah you know, and I don't want to put my own ideas on it because I, I want to take my own ideas home and yeah. work, work them out myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but if there's someone there and they they've got a they've got an idea, then it's like you can go with them on it.
0: Yeah, uh, I like that. Who have you enjoyed writing with? I'm not asking you who have you not enjoyed writing with, but I'll ask you who you have enjoyed.
1: Oh, do you know what? Yeah, I only work with people that I enjoy writing with. It's good, you know. I only work with people I enjoy writing with. Uh, Ed Ed's good to write with. Um, he's he's really fast. Is he fast? Yeah, like writes really really quick. Wow. where I would you know I would I would constantly be trying to slow it down. <laughs> you know, like, hang on, let's let's think about that. You know, maybe we could chew on that the meat like you said. And he's like, get it done. Don't get it right. Get it written, and then we can fix it later. And you know. Yeah, he's really fast, but but he but the thing with him is he knows he always knows where he's going. Interesting, you know, he always knows where he's going, or or, or you know, he's got a he's got a vision of where it needs to be. Vision, that's what he has. Actually, maybe that's what it is. Uh, so I like writing with people like that. That you know, Alicia Keys, she's another one. You know what I mean? She got just got a voice. Got, she knows. Um. She knows the kind of things she wants. She, you know, she wants to say. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. She knows who she is, uh, and that—that's really just a pleasure to write with. You know, cause yeah. it's just it's—it's as it's much about. Um, I just listening, mm. listening more than anything else.
0: Which I like. It's good we were talking about chefs uh outside before we were yeah. uh, recording and we we're talking a bit about your podcast which i'd love to hear more about because i mm-hmm. think that's interesting but have you ever heard this thing i think it's gordon ramsay and someone asked him one time they were like what is the number one thing you look out for for a new chef that you think he's you know they're he or she's gonna go far and he just turns around and he says good taste I thought that was really, really interesting. Like all, all the things you could have that taste was like the really important thing. Cause his, his big thing is, you know, if a chef can't taste food, he doesn't know what's good. Of course. Yeah. And you know, we're sitting here, we're talking about, you know, you're in the studio, you've got all these songs, all these drafts, some of them finished, some of them unfinished. Like, how do you filter through all of these songs and how do you know, like which ones taste good? As in like, which, how do you decide to pull the trigger on something that's sitting in your notebook ...to then going and taking it all the way to a single. Or part of an album or, you know, whatever. What was the last bit? How did I take it from a notebook to... Yeah, like, how do you decide? Like, you look at the song, you say, Yeah, I think this tastes good enough that I'm going to go and actually record it. You don't even decide. There's no decision in it. It either... You know, you're either interested in it or you're not. So is that your barometer? It's just you're interested? Cool.
1: That's the only barometer you need. Uh, I think... You Know if you follow your interest, you'll you'll always be all right. Mm. <laughs> that's good <laughs> in anything, uh, you know, yeah, because it's because it's interesting, so you'll be you'll be, yeah, sti- yeah. You'll be you know, so you're skilled, you'll keep on doing it, you'll be stimulated. And if something else comes of it, then that's great, cool. But if not, still interest, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're yeah. still it's uh, it's win win, yeah, to, to do that. No, so I don't I, if it's not interesting,
0: I don't do it, yeah. You know, I just don't do it. So what is interesting you about doing this podcast? Not this one, but your podcast?
1: Talking to people. Yeah. You know, getting, getting the chance to talk to people. Yeah, so my podcast is called The Vinyl Supper Ooh, Podcast. Very nice. It's, uh, it's kind of... Well, you know what? It's a, it's an excuse to talk to people. Yeah. But, you know, you need something to hang it on. Mm. Um. So, uh, yeah. So it's kind of... <laughs> You know, it's a it's kind of like a last meal type thing. Sweet. You know, you get a last meal, a last supper, um, <clears throat> and you get the You get to have whatever food you want, whatever meal you want, starter, main, dessert. Uh, we kind of it's sort of naturally fallen into that. Actually, starter, main, dessert with everyone so far. Um, and you get to listen to a record as you're eating nice. your chosen food. Uh, you know what, it's just, it's, it's, like I say, it's just a, you know, hypothetical horse shit to, to tie it to, you know. Sure.
0: May as well tie it to food, music. Why not? Yeah. So flip the script here, what's your starter for your last supper?
1: Uh, well, so today it would be, do you know what, I, I, I'd be, I think I'd probably have avocado, like smashed, smashed avocado, avocado with feta, Mm-hmm. uh, and, and and oil and lemon and salt and pepper. Honestly. Nice. All mixed up. You want you want to go about seventy percent avocado, thirty <laughs> <laughs> yeah. percent.
0: Yeah. Let me get my notebook go.
1: Hang on, I'll write yeah, this down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh I would have that on uh on toasted sardo. Preferably toast if it's my last meal, mm. I'd like it toasted a little bit dark, you know, so it's around right. the edges it's getting a bit sort of caramel yeah, like yeah, yeah. starting to burn a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um poached egg on that right that is just perfectly poached. you know so the albumin is nice and white but mm-hmm. the, the yolk is just as you need it right yellow as it can be mm. um a bit of tabasco that would be a that would be a, a starter it's good gear my but that's because i'm in breakfast mode yeah you know what i mean i've, <laughs> I've <true>. literally just <laughs> got off the boat and i'm starving you know i've had three coffees and i'm
0: yeah, my biggest takeaway from living in America has been hot sauce. It's amazing. Yeah, hot sauce. It's so best, good, yeah. especially for breakfast. Yeah. So your main course, it's a pretty big starter, but like you said, you're hungry. What are you going for? If the main course? What I have for a main.
1: you know what? The way I'm feeling right now, I'd have something light. You know what? I'd have something summery. I'd have something that reminds me of Athens in the summer. I'd have a Greek salad mm. is what I'd have. A uh, big one. Aye. And, you know, a big one with plenty of uh, Kalamata, you know. It's
0: good. Yeah. What's playing in the background while you're chowing down the sweet food? Something on a bazooki. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be fully honest. I have no idea what a bazooki is. Yeah, that's no, <laughs> like a, you know, like a mandolin-type okay.
1: uh, sounding
0: type thing with it. Um. No, do you know what?
1: Uh, I would have... Uh, Buena Vista Social Club playing in the background for that
0: even though they're they're not a Greek band you know (laughs) from Cuba but there you go and then dessert how do you top it all up dessert do you
1: know what it's the last meal I'd probably have something I'd probably have a deep fried banana split (laughs) a deep fried banana split (laughs) Uh, with chocolate sauce, and maybe, and maybe some. It's, it's my last meal, right? So, I can it doesn't matter. Yeah, sure. I'd maybe, I'd maybe melt some Snickers. Oh, baby! And, uh, oh, yeah, and maybe some cream <laughs> and have that, <laughs> have that to drizzle over my uh, deep fried banana split. Unbelievable. Yeah, that, I'd maybe have that, and I would listen to, uh.
0: I would listen to Anarchy in the UK with the Sex Pistols. Nice. What a way to go out. Yeah. Unreal. Who all have you interviewed so far? Who all have you chatted to in the podcast?
1: Oh, well, no. Oh,
0: yeah. I can't reveal. Oh, well, no,
1: no, <laughs> no. You know what? I will tell you because then you can cut it out if it's, if it's, if it's not good. <laughs> you know, uh, Mary Gaucher. Cool. Do you know Mary Gaucher, The writer, songwriter. Um, She's a... She's a songwriter from uh, Louisiana, originally. Just, yeah. Really interesting woman. A beautiful, beautiful songwriter. Her songs are stunning. Uh, Billy Bragg. Um, Who else did I end up? A guy called Paul Thorne. From uh, Tupelo, Mississippi. (laughs) 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 He's funny, man. He's a... He's a he was he was a pro boxer. Whoa! Yeah, fought Roberto Duran. Uh, so like you know he's been around, but that you know he said he, he realized he realized he was never going to be champion at that. You know, he was never <laughs> going to be first place. So I'm I'm going. I think I'm going to leave that and turn to music. So now he's a singer songwriter. Amazing. But uh, yeah, he's a, he's a funny guy. That was was a lot of fun talking to him. um
0: Ah, oh, jeez, I'm blanking. <laughs> Uh, How many do you reckon you'll do before you release it? You know what? Pr- probably about twelve. Yeah, probably. Um, it's going to take a while to get into that flow. Yeah, you know, it's a class name, and it's a, it's a good, like you said, it's a good thing to hang it on, like food, and music. Yeah, it's really good. Uh,
1: it does feel a bit p- peculiar though, because <clears throat> you know, there's a point where I'm talking to Mary Gouche, and she's, you know, she's. Uh, She's talking about, uh, she says something like, you know, George Bush and Dick Cheney, you know, are war criminals and should be tried as war criminals. And then I'm going, uh, <laughs> so what would you have for dinner? Like, well, you know, we've, we've, so so Mary, we've done your starter. So that oh, was starters. Word. You know, it feels a bit sort of frivolous or, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, yeah, you got to hang it on something. It's hard. So the first question I always... Uh, started these podcasts with was always like um it was trying to play on that whole elevator pitch thing and it was like you know uh, if you were to walk into an elevator and Liam Neeson was standing there like how would you introduce yourself on the ride up and sometimes I just got to the point where I was like I I just can't ask people this because they would just crumble they just couldn't handle it you know what I mean it's like you you would always hear them and they're they're just like and it became a bit of a tradition and I felt like I couldn't back out on it and then just a couple of episodes goes like look if it works and if it flows, it, 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 you know, we'll do it. And if not, I'll just leave it because it would disrupt the flow so much because people would be really into the middle of something there. You know, like think of how this podcast opened. If I was to turn around it's like, so then, Foy, uh, if you were to walk into it, I'd be like, what is going on? You know well, what I mean? tell you exactly. Let's do it. Hit, Hit me. It. All right. Foy, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah. Uh, you walk into an elevator and Liam Neeson's standing there. How would you introduce yourself up on that little, little ride? What time of day is it? Let's say it's 7.30 at night. I'd say evening. Boom, and then you get loads of smart artists like you who say stuff like that, and then I'm like, "Great! Well, this was an absolute waste of a question. That's why I don't do it anymore." <laughs> <laughs> right? Are you going to tell pro- us tell us about this project? It's way better to listen.
1: Yeah, honoured. <laughs> uh, the project. Oh yeah, the the EPs. Come on, <clears> let's do it. So, so I'd got off the road. And I'm back at the studio, and I'm, you know, following following the thread of songs, following my interest, and I'm going, I'm just jumping around and jumping around. Nothing's really sticking. I'm always I'm always going somewhere that I'm interested in, but there's no there are no songs coming from it. You know, there's nothing to write home about. Mm. You know, not one of them a keeper. Yeah. Um. So while I was doing that, I. I, I put certain practices in place and one of them was to kind of just go through old songs and see what see what was what was anything worth you know worth looking at and i've made i made two uh, well i made lots of uh, uh, sort of playlists but two in particular were quite crudely americana and soul mm. <clears throat> and they were they filled up pretty quick yeah and i was going there's quite a few of those you know we should go and maybe we should release them you know some of them are are good you know and they would never see the light of day unless i go and cut them myself you know what i mean they're just going to sit here on my hard drive yeah um so i thought well i'll go into like a couple of eps as much for the enjoyment of it you know what i mean because i wanted to go to
0: muscle shows and record with you know (laughs) (laughs) record with those musicians down there and uh so paint that picture for us, because I'm sure you've just said Muscle Shoals, and people are like, we've just lost them. So paint us a wee bit of a picture. People do gigs at Muscle Shoals. What's that all about? Well, Muscle Shoals is a, in
1: Alabama. Right. There's a place in Alabama that was uh, it's where Fame Studios was, and where Muscle Shoals signed is. where a band called The Swampers, uh, who were uh, overseen by Rick Hall, A guy called Rick Hall who ran Fame Studios down there. That is where Aretha Franklin cut Mm. uh, Never Loved a Man. It's where Wilson Pickett cut everything, I think, actually. You know, uh, Otis Redding, Percy Sledge, Mavis Staples, uh, you know, so uh, some some of the best known soul songs of all time. Recorded there in that room. Uh, yeah, and two of, two of the guys on the session were uh, David Hood and Spinner Oldham, who were original Swampers, so they played and all that stuff. You know, class. Yeah, there was there was a moment there was a moment standing it. So that's where I wanted to go to record these 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 soul songs. Um, and there was a moment standing there in Fame Studios we were recording a song called pain never hurt me like love and i was looking out through the window at spooner oldham sitting at the Wurlitzer, and thinking that that same guy sat at that same Wurlitzer in this same room however many years ago and that's where he that's where he came up with the riff for never loved a man wow they, they, they brought the song to the studio so i can't remember who wrote the song actually um but they brought the song to the studio, and they were trying to cut it, and they just couldn't get it anyway. they tried it. And Spooner sat down at the Wurlitzer and went, mm, 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 <laughs> mm, mm, "You're a no good heartbreaker." <laughs> so he—that's where the song. Came, that's where the the interest was rekindled. Yeah, and there he was sitting there playing. You know, I was—I felt more like a fanboy making this record. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? I just. Or, or just, you know, I don't know. I felt uh, in a constant state of glee. Mm, that's <laughs> just awesome. Just happy, just buzzing and happy to be there. I just turned up and sang. It was good. It was good to, to do it. But the so the thing is, I went and I did a soul record there. And then I picked sort of a handful of songs that loosely labeled Americana mm. and went to Memphis, went to Sam Phillips Recording Studios in Memphis and recorded there with a uh, a group of folks I like to call Matt Rossbang and the Tennessee Ten. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, he booked he booked the musicians. Uh, he booked the musicians, and I just again turned up and played. But what happened there was I went in. Uh, the, the idea was we'd do two days recording, one day mixing, and get out. Mm. You know, just get in, re- record the song three times, pick the best one, move yep. on to the next one, type thing. Um, <clears throat> and I. Was meant to be five songs on each EP. Well, I got six songs in Muscle Shoals, but then when I went to Memphis, we got we uh, we cut eleven tracks in two days. Wow! All straight the tape, you know, it's just, insane. Yeah, it was. Well, you know, it's it's exactly the way it's always was. You know, uh, that's how music was always. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just kind of musicians <laughs> going in and you know, and and playing it and doing it and but it was liberating because I, you know, I suppose I, when I go in to do, when I've gone in to do my own records previously, there's, there's always a bit more kind of, I don't know, hemming in hand or something, you know, Mm. stoppy, starty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know why that is. I don't know why that is. But this experience was completely different. It just, uh, was very freeing to walk in and not really know anybody and, but everyone knows the songs yeah yeah um and then you just go in and but i was very lucky with these guys in in uh in alabama and and in memphis you know that that they just got it you know the guy the guys the guys in, in muscle shows that's what they do you know what i mean that's yeah yeah they do that type of music they know it uh it's their bread and butter you know and the same, the guys in Memphis, all these, all those folks were uh, just not only killer musicians, but killer musicians who are raised on that, you know, on that type of music. You know, they just know it inside out. Mm. They're, they're so intuitive. The way you know it was amazing to me from 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 running the song uh, to recording it. I think we would record the the this kind of run through as well but but the second uh, you'd get one take on tape it was amazing how how much they would grow between that take and the, and the next one Oftentimes, you know they'd be reading they'd be reading each other and all sort of seemed to know where their where their pockets were there was ten of them wow. a, you know what I mean there's a lot of there's that's a lot of people but they, they found they each found you know they Kind of linked together like a little chain, you know. They, yeah, yeah. Um, they were, they were great, absolutely great. So, yeah, we cut 11 tracks to, to uh straight the tape two days, and I thought that, well, that's an album, that's, mm. let's, let's just release that as an album, yeah. Um, and Ed then said, well, if you're going to do that, why not just record four more songs and release the soul one as an album too? So, I went back there a couple of weeks back and recorded four more tracks for that nice man um yeah so that was a long 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 <laughs> that's about an hour long answer to get round to talking about that
0: project it's good you gotta go where you gotta go sometimes i can't even remember why we started talking about it there was, there, <laughs> there was a reason but yeah. that's fine we um the hardest questions are coming up because they're the stock questions that we ask everybody so okay we'll kind of start the land the plane here and finish with these um the first one is tell us about the most successful moment of your life uh
1: there 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 are two moments
0: that's fine we'll we'll, we'll give you a pass you can tell us both. there if are you two want. moments
1: but they're one on the same moment in a way um birth of ella and the birth of sonny amazing yeah yeah definitely definitely it was like whew, that was a close one <laughs> <laughs> they're all right they're they're here look they're here it's, yeah that's
0: that's success right there isn't it yeah the twin to that question is tell us about the greatest challenge you faced and how you overcame that
1: Do you know what I th- I th- I think uh, my greatest challenge was probably uh, m- well myself you know what I mean my own apathy <laughs> <laughs> yeah dealing with that you know and and uh, yeah that's a tricky one actually. What's the, what's the, I don't, I don't know.
0: Well, what do you mean by your own apathy?
1: Well, I was always just a bit of a kind of floaty, you know, just floating around. Sure. Not really doing anything, not really interested in doing anything if it didn't involve weed, you know? Yeah. But didn't involve getting stoned and listening to music or watching a movie or something. I wasn't that interested. Yeah. Um, and then even uh, even then after um, kind of being you know being in music and being in bands and touring around and you know playing a lot, you know I was still kind of just stumbling around, bumping into stuff. You know what i mean i didn't really know what i was doing i'd know and i, I did but i didn't care i didn't want to know it, it was i sort of knew you didn't know i was like i don't care i just like singing yeah you know what i mean just like singing so i'm gonna just do this because i mean it's it's interesting to me i like it yeah um but then kind of realizing no, oh hang on you know what if you just focus this a bit more you could. You could enjoy it. You could enjoy it a bit more, and it and it would be more rewarding mm. in many ways. You know, just getting that head on. You know, and again, kids or yeah. what? Made that, you know, <laughs> have a kid that will sort you right out. You really, is I mean? that what happened? It just takes the spotlight immediately off you. You know what I mean? And and you you kind of realize, oh, I better. Better get myself together here, mm. you know. You know, there's someone else to, to think about and plan for and look out for and show, show the way. Yeah, I better reacquaint myself with the ropes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've kind of just been kind of meandering around here in a bit of a drunken haze.
0: Yeah. Does that answer your question? Absolutely, yeah there's a couple of uh, questions people submitted in I like this one here it's a wee local one Jimmy Hawthorne what is one place you always go to whenever you're back in Northern Ireland one place you love going back to uh, well there's lots of places
1: I mean like speci- I mean Bangor do you mean specifically somewhere in Bangor hit me uh, do you know what I like walking along the Seacliff Road um, and Grimsport, I've got a soft spot for Grimsport, and that area, that that coast, is beautiful. Yeah, but look, most places on this entire island, mm. you know, are are, are beautiful. In the build-up areas, there's no there's no accounting for taste.
0: <laughs> you know, some of those things look like mobile phones to me. But... <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, another one that was submitted was: if you could play any venue in the world, where would you play? I don't know.
1: Any venue, any venue in the world does, does it have to be in existence?
0: No, it can be dead or alive could i play uh like uh a gig on the moon yeah sure yeah all right i'll do a gig on the moon then. there you go we'll talk to elon musk see if he can make it happen
1: yeah he would shoot me up there right <laughs> <laughs> we get in the moon and be all right
0: it's good another one of the stock ones is if you could take anyone from northern ireland out for coffee or a beer or whatever dead or alive you do have that caveat right uh who would it be where would you take them
1: Hmm. That's another good one. <laughs> <laughs> that's, another, that's really got me thinking. That's really got me thinking. Because uh, there's so many. Flipping thinking, oh, maybe. Uh, a coffee or a beer yeah where are we going what this I mean, so it's,
0: it's all up to you you've got the whole so it's open Irish of- roster from all existence and you can take anyone anywhere uh i would take
1: <laughs> uh Trying not to be cheeky, <laughs> all the ones that are coming to me is I'd take Arlene Foster to fucking jail. You know what uh, I mean? <laughs> you know. Uh...
0: Yeah, stay away from the low blow or the 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 play because you'd be surprised how many people have just given that like the that, oh, I take. Ex politician out and give them a good talking to. Right. Like, come on, we some something we a bit different than that. Yeah. Although they
1: all could do with a good talking to. <laughs> I just stop talking to them. Probably better. <laughs> just and stop listening. Um. Do you know what? I don't know. I don't know. Geordie, uh, Georgie, Georgie, Georgie Best. i am I gonna have Best? My, you know what? Anyone,
0: anyone, my dad, what am I talking about? Unreal, it's waiting for you. I would, this whole time in my head, I was like, maybe he just doesn't want to say it. Yeah, no, of course, yeah.
1: (laughs) If you're sorry, dad, (laughs) you know, I I was thinking about everybody, before him. Uh, yeah, of course, you know, if I was was given enough time, I'm sure I would have figured that out. You know, if you were an actual genie saying you can make this happen, I'm pretty sure. The real possibility of it would have uh, would have would have hit me like a freight train. I would have said, "My dad, where would you go with that?" Uh, he liked the co- he liked the coast as well. Actually, I'd probably yeah. go the same the same coast. Actually, yeah, out round uh, Orlock, Groomsport, nice one. Or maybe go to Feildes for a pint first, though, and then we walk around a uh, walk round Seacliff.
0: Yeah. It's good, man. Last question, last one. Yeah, I mean, I can throw in a cut. There's, there's one here actually. It says, um, <laughs> "Really like your mustache. How much maintenance does it take you, and why do you use it, or why do you have it? Why do I have it? <laughs> <laughs> why do I have it?
1: I, I have it because I didn't shave it. That's why it's there. Um, you is this from a guy or a girl? Uh, anonymous."
0: anonymous so uh
1: yeah well whether, also, you're, well whether you're a guy or a girl well, what, what would the difference be it? i'd love
0: to hear the, the nuance and the answer
1: well you know like i i, I most i'd say the vast majority of guys w- w- the only thing they need
0: to do to get a mustache is to not shave it sure right but you uh, you do have a pretty epic mustache it's not your your run of the mill oh, i didn't shave for a week you know what i mean no, 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 uh, but that, that's how it started though. <laughs> oh yeah? Yeah,
1: well, it was more than a week. I hadn't shaved in flipping ages. I, I was on tour and then I'd come off tour straight into the studio uh, or get pre- preparing for studio to record Joy of Nothing. And then I was in the studio for two weeks and you know so it was like it was i can't even remember how long it was i looked like foo manchu <laughs> like see so you know my mustache grows all right but the, like round all around here it's all pretty patchy oh wow so it was wild looking <laughs> it was absolutely wild looking but when i was shaving it off i kept the mustache you know and was walking around you know just having a bit of a laugh with it and i thought i actually like it. nice <laughs> you know i I think i like it. i'm gonna let it just crack on there for a bit stuck yeah uh, but no, it doesn't take. Like I, I know people go and get their beards trimmed and all that. I haven't had my, my mustache trimmed since the last I don't know two years. Since last time I was in uh, this barbers in Sheffield, unreal. Um, Savels. Sav- uh, yeah, no. So the answer is no. It doesn't take. I have it because I didn't shave it. Yep. And because I, when I didn't shave it, I thought that I liked it, so I kept it.
0: Yeah. Uh, the word vagabond. Uh, vagabond has kind of come up a couple of times In your you know, Interest I suppose What is it about the figure of the vagabond That I don't know attracts you Or is interesting to you Because the vagabonds
1: Standing on the outside hmm. Looking at the cogs of society Observing it Seeing things properly For what they really are as the rest of the world scurries around going to and fro, you know, whatever constructs they have. Yeah. With the vagabonds going, none of that shit exists, man. What are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? It's sunny. Have a, Here, have a beer. There's a, wee, there's a corner over here where the wind doesn't get you and the sun catches your face just right. Come here and have a beer with me. <laughs> vagabonds have that... The- <laughs> <laughs> It's not always that rosy, of course, <clears throat> but I suppose that's the intrigue with them, you know, just being on the outside of it all, mm. watching it. They're really interesting people, folks that live in the street and they're not all unhappy to be there. Oh, you right. know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah, you can never be too quick to make any judgments about anything. Yeah.
0: Yeah, some of the most interesting people I've ever met have been, could be labeled under that vagabond umbrella. Yeah. Um, fascinating. Very hey, fascinating. we're
1: all vagabonds, man. We are all vagabonds. That's the thing. We think we know shit. It's true. But in <laughs> reality, we're like dots, minuscule, insignificant dots on a equally insignificant blue dot mm. in a galaxy among, who, you know what I mean? Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's, all right. yeah, it's all right. Whatever it was you were worrying about,
0: whatever it was, don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay, so here's here's the proper last question, okay? So, again, it's a bit of a trope, but I like it. If you could turn this studio into a time machine, go back to, let's say, let's say you're 23, 24, and you had a couple of minutes to sit down and give yourself a couple of pearls of wisdom, a wee bit of advice, a wee bit of a talking to, what sort of stuff I don't need word for word perfection but what sort of stuff would you be telling a young foy how long do I have with him however long you want to talk from right now
1: <laughs> well do you know what I think I just I, 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 because what I'm thinking is if I if I could sit down with him for an hour I would sit and I'd take, I'd take his hands and I'd look him square in the eye for half an hour and then I'd say listen Mm. and then for half an hour more I'd sit quietly and look at him try and drill it in there go like it's really really important it's vital yeah yeah if I'd learned that quicker it would have been good
0: for me But, but you know it's all good awesome man Foy, thank you very much. Appreciate you. Not at all, man. Thank you. My goodness. Absolutely legendary stuff. Seriously. What do you say to something like that? Well, I know what you say. You say thank you. Foy, thank you very much for, for taking the time out of your very, very busy schedule. And your limited time in Northern Ireland just to you know share what you've shared with us. Really, really appreciate it. For you guys listening, whether you've been listening from episode one or if you're just tuning in now on episode 56, really appreciate you carving out a little bit of space in your day or in your weeks or whatever it is to tune into these podcasts. If you're not familiar with us, this is the Best of Belfast podcast. It's a show that celebrates Northern Ireland and the incredible people in it. We've done over 55 kind of hour long unfiltered conversations with some really interesting people from this part of the world. We do this because we think Northern Ireland is an incredible place to live. that we have stories worth sharing and worth celebrating. You can find out who else we've interviewed and see photos of our guests at bestbelfast.org. It's also where you can sign up to our weekly newsletter and support the show financially to help us on our journey to 100 episodes. I have been very, very busy with the podcast recently. I kind of go through different seasons where various parts of my work life take priority and the podcast has just had two weeks of, I mean, absolute undivided attention and I've probably done, I mean, not to freak anyone out, but I probably have done between 10 and 14 interviews the last couple of weeks. I was also back in New York there for a few days interviewing some more incredible North Irish people living out there. So, I mean, I feel I'm almost torturing myself. I have like these unbelievable, incredible conversations that I've already done. They're sitting here on my hard drive. And I just, <laughs> number one, I can't wait to like just tell you like who these people are. And number two, I just can't wait to share them with you. But, you know, you got to pace yourself. It's a weekly show. Time goes quicker than you maybe think. So you'll hear from me next Monday morning. Until then, all the very best. Thank you very much. Hello, my name is Simon Worthington, and I am based in Port Stewart. I am the editor of Turf and Grain Magazine, an independent magazine which is committed to sharing the stories, experiences, and ideas of the people of Ireland. I listen to Best of Belfast because it does the same thing for Northern Ireland and it shows us all that Northern Ireland has a better story to tell than what is often represented in the mainstream media. My favourite episode is the episode with Ryan Crown. Um, Ryan is someone I know and someone whose amazing career I followed quite closely over the years. I support the podcast financially just because it's really important for independent media to receive backing because it has a really important space within our society and this podcast is just doing a really amazing thing for Belfast if I'm honest. If you've been on the fence about joining the Producers Club and would miss Best of Belfast if it wasn't here, I'd highly recommend considering joining it today. You can do that over at bestofbelfast.org and I look forward to chatting to you in the WhatsApp group soon. Thanks.